G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Okay, here we go. I'll start with an intro. Let's turn our attention to drug use, lifting the lid on what we're not being told about the use of cannabis. Well, this month, two frontline workers who are not only dealing with the physical, mental and familial impacts of marijuana use, but have documented and recorded what the majority of non-cannabis-using public is kept in the dark about. The failed economic prosperity or the escalating and overwhelming mental and community health burden and, of course, the drug-driving explosions are only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to drug issues. Well, this month, you may get a chance to see the 2020 Cannabis Conundrum Tour. Shane Varco is Executive Director of Dalgano Institute, a coalition of alcohol and drug educators. He's behind the tour and uh, welcome along to 2020 to you, Shane, Shane Varco. Yeah, hi, Neil. Thanks for having me. I do appreciate it as always. Shane, the tour is going to kick off during February and you're going to be visiting East Coast cities and towns and in Tasmania too. Uh, how extensive is the tour? Yeah, look, it's, uh, we want to do it obviously give opportunity for most states to uh, engage. Well, obviously in capital cities, it's difficult to, to do regional tours as well because of the time constraints and obviously cost prohibitive nature of some of these aspects of bringing people out. But we thought it was so important and we invested a lot of money in this because the, the data is too too incredibly disturbing and so little heard that we needed to do something a little bit more uh I think coal-faced and uh, was and uh, what has been done, and certainly the East Coast was the original um, mandate. But we've actually been sought after in WA as well, so we're going to, to Perth as well. So we basically see Perth, Hobart, Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney, Brisbane, and even dropping in at Cairns in Northern Queensland at one point. Shane, you're going to be bringing some evidence-based presentations, and as a lot of listeners will know when they recognise your name, I'm always happy to talk to you, but not everybody's always happy to hear from you. Uh, So what sort of people do you hope will turn out at a face-to-face live meeting and hear this evidence-based presentation? Yeah, well, no surprise to the the guests we're having out. Both one's a, an ER doctor from Colorado, the other one's a chemist and an XDA uh, operative, and so they're used to the aggression. In fact, uh, we've we've already had bits and pieces of that come up from most unlikely sources too. Uh, it's surprising how much ideology and vitriol drives drives uh, the deployment of data and, and all lack of. That there's been some really negative comments already made just at the hint of a meeting. So uh, we're expecting, a, uh, certainly, uh, there's, there's going to be some hostility. But what we are doing is we're advertising the event, obviously, in the city and the time it's going to be on. And as for those who want to attend, they send an email and we give them the details on the email because we do want, and we are targeting, obviously, educators, community people, mayors, councillors, doctors, lawyers, police, 
teachers and parents and the pro-drug lobby and the pro-cannabis lobby and, and they're quite disturbing behaviour sometimes. Not all in that space are like that, of course, but uh, some of the ones we've bumped into are incredibly... Uh, bullying tactics is the only thing you can talk about. In other words, we want to shut down any possible debate about the incredibly negative impacts and aspects of cannabis. So, yeah, so it's going to be a tricky one, but we're uh, believing that uh, the majority of people that will come will come with a with an open ear to listen to, to some of the facts and evidence rather than the, the propaganda and ideology that's been thrown around at the moment. Well, we know that there are a number of states around Australia that are looking to decriminalise marijuana and indeed uh, legalising perhaps a whole lot of different drugs that are at this present time outlawed. Uh, but you've got these guests, and they're coming from the United States, who've been probably a little ahead of Australia when it comes to recognising the effects of what happens with cannabis, uh, the use of marijuana. Uh, what sort of things do you think they're likely to be uh, bringing as insights uh, for the uh, for the meetings? Yes, yeah, well, it's all evidence-based and recorded data, and so it's not just about extreme cases, but this is a constant flow uh, of of just, uh, overwhelming uh, attendance at hospitals. Of course, you've got road accidents, you've got mental illness manifestations, you've got homelessness, which is rampant now in places. Crimes, property crimes, in fact, violent crimes and murder are increasing exponentially uh, in parts of, of Colorado. And so th- these, these are, again, documented facts from medical professionals who are on the front line. These people don't have an axe to grind. They're just overwhelmed by the the shocking impact that this is having that they were told wasn't going to be an issue. And, of course, the data that's contrary to the preferred narrative that's being put in the marketplace is actively being suppressed, uh, So, which is really quite concerning when you've got uh, the people who are supposed to look after the citizens of their of their uh, state actively working against that best practice of, of helping them be the healthiest and most productive that they can be. So that's really quite disturbing. And these people are just, again coming with uh, the heart of medical professionals. There's no other agenda than to see the well-being of people kept in play, and particularly young people now. This is the biggest tragedy, is that it's the young generation that are not just impacted interimly, but there's a permanent damage being done. And the very futures of an entire generation are being lost at, at the whim of uh, a profiteering exercise. That's the only, the only word for it. And again, big marijuana, uh, big tobacco 2.0 is, is going to make profit off addiction as it did with tobacco. And, and the fact that this is being let to be done is staggering. And we want to try and see that uh, stop before it starts here in Australia. And what seems to be the case, the evidence in those states in the United States where they're ahead of Australia, they've decriminalised marijuana, uh, what you're saying is there are statistics that back up the idea that there will be failed economic prosperity, that there will be escalating mental and community health problems and the drug driving issues. And you mentioned uh, just a moment mm-hmm. ago, murder and violent crime increases. Mm-hmm. Is that a yeah. standard thing that we'd expect if there is like a de- decriminalization of marijuana? Well, the narrative that you're hearing is no, 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 no. But all you have to do is look at what's happening in in California, particularly in San Francisco, in Colorado, of course. And we've just released a paper, of course, uh, called, and then there were three marijuana markets, that is. It's a paper looking at what's going on in these in three jurisdictions, Canada, Colorado, and California. And again, cost shifting is what's happening. So the idea that we're going to reduce law enforcement by, by not you know, arresting people for having weed or 
possession of a small amount of dope and so he saves a lot of paperwork. But it's not just the possession of drugs that's the issue. It's what happens when people use drugs. So public defecation in, in San Francisco is now quite common and normal, in fact, legalised. You can imagine that. Mm. Uh, you've got uh, homelessness is increasing. Mental health is going increasing. Of course, people are moving out of the state because of the lack of productivity. It's coming from that. Uh, illegal grows in Colorado, sorry, in California, from the governor's own mouth, who is a pro-cannabis lobbyist. He said illegal grows are increasing, not decreasing. So again, we've got three markets now. You've got the, the illegal market, you've got the legal market, and what they call the grey market, which I won't go into right now. But so we went from one illegal market, as badly managed as that was, to now three markets, and the chaos is just growing. And of course, once people think something's legal, then permission is, is, the, is the alarm bell that goes off. And now that there's an increase of users, and of course, young people are now feeling that it's okay, and particularly when you put medicinal in front of the word marijuana, all of a sudden it becomes a medicine, which is completely fallacious um, in, the, in the context of why they talk about medicine, because it's not the case from a pharmaceutical perspective. So again, we've got this, this propaganda machine, this media, a sadly media-backed propaganda machine that seems to think this is a great new uh, hope for our economies. In fact, Evidence is to the contrary, and that's what's so disturbing. It's not actually getting airplay. And there's this impression that you get that somehow or other you'll alleviate the pressures on the prison system if you legalise drugs because a lot of people are incarcerated at this present time because of some drug-related issues. And, and of course, that is, as you're saying, it's an economic decision that governments might make, but it does seem to be that they're not hearing the sort of facts that you're talking about. They're listening to the pro-drugs lobby. Well, again, when, when you've got drug, pro-drug users actually informing policy and making, it's, it's concerning. And again, I get, don't get me wrong, I get the point that, you know, putting a person in jail for possessing a drug is not the answer. We've never argued that. And decriminalising is not the option that we want to look at. What we talk about is diversion, using the, the law as a judicial educator, for the, not for punitive purposes, but to re-educate, recalibrate, and divert away from drug use. And some people call that decriminalisation. Well, no, that means that we don't have a penalty involved. So what you do is you have this diversion program that says, you know, you've caught with this stuff. We want to stop you using this because interimly and ultimately you're going to be a better person, productivity is going to go up, your mental health issues, your personal health issues will be better as a result of being off these drugs because they all detract from the health and well-being of, of a person. All drugs do that. Everyone knows that. So it's purely a hedonistic or pleasure paradigm that's the pursuit of these things. And once they're in diversion, you put them in a place where they have, you've got traction to do that, get them off drugs, help them find a way to, you know, to live in that, in that drug-free environment, or more importantly, divert them young before they actually get dependent upon substances. And then all of a sudden, this person is no longer in that, in that space, and you don't have to change the laws to do that. You just have to rearrange the process of transformation. So they don't end up with a criminal record, but they end up in rehab or in a place where they can learn the skills that they need to stay drug-free. And these are the things that we need to be talking about, not, okay, well, let's just let it off the leash and hope for the best and manage the damage in the future, which is now not working in the United States. Well, you're a voice crying, sometimes some will say, from the wilderness, but there's going to be another opportunity to, in some ways, enlarge the visual impact of 
actually meeting face-to-face with some professionals who are on the ground working and bringing real statistics about how these things will affect Australia if there is a decriminalisation of marijuana. The 2020 Cannabis Conundrum Tour. Shane Varco is the Executive Director of Dalgano Institute. Behind this tour... I uh, just uh, recommend for listeners to find out where the tour is going to be meeting in your city. And uh, you mentioned Perth, you mentioned Hobart, Melbourne, uh, you mentioned Sydney, you mentioned Brisbane and Cairns. And uh, so a lot of those cities, uh, listeners will want to get to be a part of this particular tour. It's called the 2020 Cannabis Conundrum Tour. Go to dalganoinstitute.org.au. That's dalganoinstitute.org.au to get details of where you can see that tour near you. Shane Varco, thanks so much for updating us today on 2020. No, my pleasure, Neil. Thank you and your listeners for the opportunity to share. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 